Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, it's been a really significant week uh, regarding the uh, issue of ride sharing. Now, it was back in February that City Council passed a bylaw that ostensibly opened the door to ride sharing, but really didn't. Uh, I think it was problematic in, in a number of ways, and unfortunately it's taken several months uh, to get it all straightened out. But that happened this week on Monday. The revised bylaw was voted on and approved by City Council. Four votes against, but uh, still, I think, strong support on City Council. And today we got the announcement from Uber that they are going to be up and running in Calgary once again as of next week. Joining us in studio is Ramit Carr. He is the uh, Alberta GM for Uber Canada. Ramit, thanks for joining us. Thank you for it. having me, Rob. Right, so Tuesday's the day, then. Tuesday's the day, yeah. it's It's been a long time coming, but, um, you know, uh, the, all the conversations that we've been having with city staff as well as uh, the mayor's office and as well as uh, city councillors has come to a culmination, and so... Uh, Uber's coming back on the streets on December 6th. All right. Well, and I know a lot of people are excited about that. Uh, the, the bylaw passed Monday. I guess it probably wasn't realistic to be up and running the next day. But it still seems like a quick turnaround. you got about a week to, to sort out some things then. Yeah, I mean, so so we've been, uh, you know, we've been quietly uh, recruiting drivers for the last couple months now mm-hmm. and just, you know, having people trying to start going through the process and whatnot. And so, you know, we, we've given ourselves a week to try and get the product in as good place as we can get it before launch. Um and so we've, uh, you know, we've been going through the logistical steps to make sure that, you know, we have as many drivers on the platform so we can have a reliable product. Right. Now, you were briefly operating in Calgary for a time. You did have some drivers. Now, have you managed to to maintain somewhat of a, a database of those who, who did drive for you in the past? Have they moved on to, I, to other things? Absolutely. So so there's been a significant percentage of folks that, you know, did drive with us before that have decided, hey, I'm still looking for opportunities. Yeah. I liked what I did for the, the, for the wonderful six weeks that we had Uber here in Calgary, and I want to keep doing it there's been some people that you know have moved on and things like that but that's kind of the nature of of the driver base and um you know you what you see with drivers is they might use it for just a short time where they're trying to cover uh, an emergency expense yeah or there's some people that'll continually drive that will you know just do five or ten hours a week and there's of course full-timers who will just do it all the time but a big part of that, that business model is that you have those drivers who, who do it as, as a part-time thing, who, who might just drive, as you say, five or ten hours a week. That's exactly right. I, I, the, the, the reason why ride-sharing works the way it does, the reason why you get the reliability during peak demand times, like it's Saturday at 2 a.m., is because we have so many part-time drivers that are willing to, you know, they might be working during the week, but then they're willing to drive for a few hours on weekends. And so when you can enable as many things uh, to allow as part-time drivers to drive, that's when you really start solving problems in cities. Right. And so that speaks then, I guess, to what was the issue back in February when this bylaw passed. It, it was different than what Edmonton had done. And, and I think that was pointed up by, by you and by a lot of other people yeah. saying, 
well, this doesn't seem to make sense for, for that class of drivers. Uh, so what was the, the original issue that, as, as you saw it with what was passed back in February? So, so the major issues with the in initial bylaw that was put forth were really it, w it put way too many barriers onto drivers coming onto the platform. So, um, you know, upwards of 300 or $400 in fees that a driver would need to pay just to start driving. Yeah. Um, you know, sure, that might make sense for a lot of drivers that are full-timers that, that want to do this for a living all the time. But when you think about that person that might only drive for a few, three, four, five hours a week, it just takes those people right out of the system. And so, um, you know, there's there's companies out there that absolutely decide, hey, we can operate under this bylaw, sure. but it's very similar to the taxi model because what they've attracted are a lot of drivers that are full-timers. And so you don't actually get to solve any of the issues that people have with transportation problems within the city. And so the, the changes that they made on Monday um, take those... Uh, the barriers that have been put on the driver and put it onto Uber. And so we, you know, we can kind of um, uh, take the brunt of that. And then further to that is, you know, it's, it's uh, the fees are being collected on a per trip basis. So the more someone drives, the more they end up paying in fees, the less someone drives, the less they end up paying. In fees. And is that similar to what Edmonton has? It, it's the same standard that you see yeah, across okay. Canadian cities. So Edmonton, Toronto, Ottawa, you name it. If you, if they have ride sharing bylaw in place, it's 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 the same standard that Calgary's now adopted, and things seem to be working in Edmonton. Everything seems to be working yeah. in all these other cities. Yes, uh, because there there was obviously uh, a role for the province to play, and they stepped in uh, with with some you know with the insurance issue. We needed to address that uh, licensing, background checks, etc. So that was sorted out at the provincial level, and those are resolutions that that you guys can live with then that, that we can continue to operate under right now yes absolutely we're going to continue to advocate for smarter ride sharing regulations when sure. it comes to the provincial yeah. level main things like the class four licensing which we still don't think is a a, a you know a thing that really adds too much safety to the system and mm -hmm. and quite frankly it is just a big barrier for people to start driving but it did just seem i mean once edmonton seemed to have it figured out the province made some changes uh why Calgary couldn't. And I guess, look, I mean, if, if the city council decided that, look, this is our bylaw, take it or leave it, I suppose that would have been their prerogative. It would have denied Calgarians, I think, this this option. So uh, how did it all, do you think, start to get turned around? Did, did city council or some councillors have a, a change of heart on this? I mean, we, we've been in continued discussions. Like, we never stopped talking to anyone. We just, we continued advocating. And so I, I don't know when or if there was a turning point necessarily. I think Perhaps there was a realization that the bylaw that was put forth wasn't achieving the the, the means that they were hoping that it would. Yeah. And further to that, I mean, you know, we have 100,000 Calgarians that have signed up to use this app when it doesn't even exist in Calgary. And right. so, uh, you know, I think council recognized that Calgarians wanted this. And so they they probably took that as an option to say, yes, let's let's see what we can do to bring Uber back. Yeah, because it, it, it's been acrimonious at times, uh, to say the least. I, I think, as you've noticed. Uh, did you? Did you think that we might not get to this point? Were, were there certain points along the way where you thought, well, maybe this, maybe it's not going to get resolved? Um, I, you know, definitely we, we had some hard, 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 uh, hard trips along the way. And, but, um, you know, we, we remained optimistic and we just, we, as we said from the beginning, you know, we continue to advocate for smart ride sharing regulations. And so, um, you know, when you see it in over 400 cities across the world, it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, when is Calgary going to be next? And, with Calgary being um, Garrett Camp, who's who's one of our co-founders, hometowns, yeah, it, right. it was surprising that we couldn't get it here sooner. But having said that, next week we will be here.
Uh, look, I mean, not everybody's happy. There were four votes against on city council. Obviously, the, the taxi industry has been very vocal uh, about uh, Uber's entry into the market. So what do you say to, to the skeptics of, of ride-sharing? I, I mean, you know, it, it's... Um you see this in a lot of cities where, you know, entrenched interests might uh, have an have a belief on what ride sharing will do to their industry. And what we've seen in city after city is, you know, taxi doesn't go away. Uh, what you actually find is the entire pie grows because we don't we don't consider taxi our competition. What we actually consider our competition is the sig- single occupancy vehicle. And so when when ride sharing really gets entrenched in a city and people stop actually driving their own cars and you know taking that one one passenger ride all over the city what you actually get to see is people start using all of the options that are available to them a lot more and so the pie actually grows for not only ride sharing but also taxi and and transit and other options that are available to Calgarians. And that's that's what we're trying to really make happen. Right. And and you do see in cities. I mean, one example was uh, when the mayor was in Boston, he took a, an interesting ride with a driver, but that was a guy, putting everything else aside, that was a guy who drove for, for Uber, also drove for Lyft. And, and you do see that in markets where you know, maybe someone who drives a taxi cab a few days a week also drives an Uber a couple a- days a week. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll be happy to look at options to work with, with the industry because, uh, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, it, it, the pie really does get bigger for everybody. Absolutely. Right. And so you talk about the people who are interested in, in becoming drivers, though. These are people who typically don't work in that that industry people who maybe are students maybe have other jobs so what, what about that that flexibility and the, those income opportunities that this presents them yeah so so i mean the, the the part that drivers like the most far and beyond is the flexibility so i mean you know uber's talked about a lot in terms of you push a button you can get a ride that's the rider experience the driver experience is you can push a button and basically get a job and so full flexibility meaning if you want to go on vacation you don't have to tell anyone you just leave when you want to work again you oh, you open the app, push a button, and then you're working again. And so the flexibility really does make a difference. And so what you'll find in Calgary, which I'm sure is the case, and if anyone took a trip last year when we were operating, the vast majority of our drivers were actually people that were working in the oil patch. These are geologists, engineers, geophysicists yeah. that you know got laid off, and they were looking for an opportunity to help them get to their next job. And so they might use this as a bridge. And then when they eventually get to their next job, they can continue still using this as a part-time option. And are you still looking for drivers? We're absolutely always still looking for drivers. And uh, we anticipate that the demand is going to be through the roof in Calgary. And so, uh, you know, anyone that's out there that's interested in driving, please, uh, please do come to our website and visit us. And, uh, you know, we'll, hel- we'll help you through the process to become a registered driver and help uh, Calgarians get around town. Well, yeah. And I mean, obviously, it's December. It's Christmas party season. It's uh, New Year's coming up. There's a lot of demand for that. Most definitely. It's um, it's, it's a much needed uh, alternative uh, for, for the season that we're coming into, All right. for sure. So it's uber.com. Uber.com. Um, and, and then uh, you can just, uh, you can go to, uh, I want to drive through there, and then you can... Um, uh, you'll get pointed to the right right people in the right places. Through All right. Well, uh, Tuesday is relaunch day, I, I guess we're calling it, as Uber Canada returns to the streets of Calgary. Ramit, thanks so much for coming in here today. Really appreciate this. Thank you very much, Rob. All right, there you go. That's uh, Ramit Carr. He is the uh, Alberta General Manager for Uber Canada. As uh, mentioned, they've announced today that December 6th is their return to Calgary. Our telephone number here, 403-974-TALK. We are back with more right after this. Hi, welcome back. 974-8255 is our number. That's 974-TALK. We'll talk about campaign finance rules coming up after 1.30. Uh, we'll also have audio from the police chief's news conference as he talks about the latest officer-involved shooting in Calgary.
which means a police officer took out his gun and shot somebody, which obviously police are entitled to do under certain circumstances. And so the question is, well, why is this happening so much in Calgary? We'll hear what the police chief has to say. That's coming up as well. Plus, don't forget big pipeline announcement coming up just over an hour from now, right around 2.30 our time. And apparently the prime minister will be taking questions too. We also understand that around 3.45 our time, Rachel Notley, who is the premier of Alberta, you know, she'll be meeting with Justin Trudeau. So a lot more still to come today on pipelines. It's also interesting, too, speaking of pipelines, by the way, I had someone uh, send this to me. There's a piece today in the Vancouver Sun with the headline, Trans Mountain Pipeline, even if approved, won't be built. It goes on to say the world doesn't need this pipeline. We need energy solutions that move us toward the sustainable energy economy, not away from it. Uh, and it's from someone named Karen Mahn, M-A-H-O-N, is Canadian National Director of Stand.Earth, formerly Forest Ethics. And as some people have noticed, would this perchance be the same Karen Mahn that was p- appointed to the NDP's Oil Sands Advisory Group? Uh, and yes, it is. So th- this is um, you know awkward for Premier Rachel Notley. Look, at the end of the day, uh, she says she supports pipelines. She's claiming that she's taking steps that she thinks will help get pipelines built. Uh, the Oil Sands Advisory Group is not necessarily about pipelines. It's about trying to find out how the oil sands cap or the emissions cap is going to be implemented on the oil sands. So even if some involved don't like pipelines, it's kind of a moot point. If Rachel Notley is persuaded by these people to also oppose pipelines, then we've got a problem. I think Rachel Notley is convinced that she can win these people over to to the side of pro-pipelines, which I don't think is ever going to happen. So that'll be a challenge here. If indeed today Justin Trudeau says, yep, Trans Mountain Pipeline, that expansion, we're given the green light. And Rachel Notley comes out and stands side by side with Justin Trudeau, and they both say how great this is going to be. What are people like Karen Mon going to do? Now, are they going to cause problems for Rachel Notley, and how is she going to respond? That will be, I, I think, the key question. So it's going to be an interesting day on the pipeline front, and hopefully some, some good news. I think it's been a long time since we've had anything that would remotely be considered good news for, for the energy sector. It's just uh, been bad news after bad news. So maybe today will be the day we get uh, a yes on at least one major pipeline to the West Coast. Uh, hopefully it won't be long after Trump's inaugurated that we get a yes on uh, Keystone XL. That would be something. Who knows what else Donald Trump's going to, going to do or get into when, when he's president. But we shall see. Uh, speaking of Donald Trump, this, this is hilarious here. It says, Rob, my greatest worry is that there are so many people like you who have a deep-seated hatred and fear of Trump caused by a fundamentalist Marxist mindset. That's really interesting. There seems to be quite a cult around Donald Trump. I get there are people who are, yeah, maybe he'd be all right. Well, sure. Why not? I didn't like Hillary, so maybe Trump's okay. We'll see. But there seem to be those who are just completely and totally 100% in the tank. No matter what Trump does, no matter what he says, he's 100% right. And it does seem like a cult. There are many, many, many principled conservatives in the United States who don't like Donald Trump, who disagree with Donald Trump on a lot of issues. It was Andrew Breitbart himself who in 2011 called memorably Donald Trump a clown. 
So it's uh, unfortunate and ironic what Breitbart.com eventually became after Andrew's passing. Donald Trump has never really been a true conservative. Much of what Donald Trump still stands for today is not conservative, uh, conservatism. Uh, certainly here in Canada, conservatives have spent a long time fighting the far left and some Marxists too on the issue of free trade. Is the far left in Canada who have long been the protectionists. It's, the group, it's groups like the Council of Canadians that have long fought against free trade. And NATO, for that matter. And it's been conservatives in Canada who have stood up for that. So I'm pretty comfortable where I stand. Uh, but no, I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump. I hope I'm, I'm wrong about Donald Trump. But it turns out to be a, a terrific president. Uh, to have him today, though, suggesting that uh, people who exercise their First Amendment free speech rights be denied their citizenship. Well, that's the kind of thing that I would expect to happen in a Marxist country, like, say, uh, Cuba. Anyway, so what do you make of the fact that Kellyanne Conway is coming to Alberta in January? I keep wanting to say next month, but I'm not quite there yet. Uh, look, I, I mean, she's obviously a smart woman. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> Uh, she did uh, quite a job running that campaign. And I think there's a lot of people curious to see what she has to say. I do think, however, now again, this is not a group that's affiliated with Jason Kenney. And I think you're going to see in the media, I think there, there already seem to be a lot of people who are calling this a pro-Kenney super PAC or that they're working for Jason Kenney. Uh, there's nothing like that going on. I don't think Jason Kenney wants to be linked to Donald Trump. I think Jason Kenney, if you look at what he has had to say, or if you follow him on Twitter, uh, Jason Kenney has gone out of his way to, if not outright criticize Donald Trump, but to retweet those who have criticized him. I don't think Jason Kenney wants the Trump label, and I think the NDP would love to slap it on him. I think they're already warming up for the 2019 election campaign, and uh, you're going to hear the name Donald Trump a lot. They want to link Jason Kennedy to Donald Trump. I don't think he wants that. So this could prove to be a little bit awkward if it's portrayed as this Trump insider is coming to Alberta to help out this pro-Kenny organization. There you go. Kenny equals Trump is what they're going to say. And I don't think that's fair. Kellyanne Conway, obviously, is, is her own woman. I mean, just uh, in recent days, as Donald Trump has apparently been considering Mitt Romney to be Secretary of State, she's been out there saying what a lousy choice Mitt Romney would be. So I think it would be interesting. Uh, maybe we'll even have her on the show. Who knows? Uh, so anyway, that's uh, coming up in January. January 12th, she'll be here. Alberta, AlbertaProsperity.ca. You can uh, find out more if you want to go see her. Let's go to the phones here, 403-974-8255. Uh, this is Russell. Russell, go ahead. So how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. And I just agree 100% with you. You know, okay. you say Trump yeah, wants to burn the American flags, people. I don't think he means uh, Americans. I think he means uh, new immigrants. He said lose their citizenship. So that yeah. would be someone who is a citizen. Uh, new Americans, like immigrants, just moved in the country. Okay, but someone who just moved to the United States is not a citizen. You need to yeah. get citizenship, and once yeah. you have citizenship, that's the same as if you're a fifth-generation American. A citizen's a citizen. Well, there you go. What do you do, though, you know? But you look at Europe and Germany, eh? Immigrants there. 
running the flags and all this stuff. And uh, I think it's so bad. I, and in Trump, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know, protest is legal, but what do you do? You can't uh, kill people. You can't uh, beat people up and all that stuff. You know what I mean? What? <laughs> no, I don't know what you mean. I mean, I, I'll just put it this. Like, uh, Donald Trump makes lots of mistakes, but his name's Donald Trump, not Jesus. You mean he's not perfect. <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, so I would stick up for him. So I'll say, okay, thank you. Okay, Russell, no, I appreciate the phone call. Uh, we should all be careful when it comes to worshiping any politician. No politician is worthy of being put on that kind of a, a platform, and that's what happens in dictatorships. You know, someone texted to say, Rob, what about the blind left cult that follows Obama or Trudeau? And yeah, there's sometimes this thing to be something cult-like with some Trudeau supporters. Uh, I'm talking about the people who get enthusiastic about everything Trump says and does, even if it contradicts something he said and did before. Right, like the people who cheered on that, just, or that um, Donald Trump was going to prosecute Hillary Clinton. And then praised him for deciding not to go after Hillary Clinton. That's cult-like. That even if we have to contradict something that we believed in before, that's fine. Whatever the dear leader says is right. If the dear leader has changed his mind, then we just pretend that he never believed that other thing. And there is no criticism allowed. Anything negative said about Trump is the worst kind of attack. That's what I see. I criticize politicians right across the spectrum. And no politician is above criticism. And anybody worshiping a politician, whether it be on the left or right, is, I think, at that point, a statist. So we should avoid that. I'll give Trump a chance. I'll see what he does. And I'll come on and I'll give my opinion. Then I like that. I like that he called Castro a tyrant. I like that he's planning on approving the Keystone XL pipeline. I don't like that he likes to strip or wants to strip citizenship from people who would exercise their First Amendment rights. So, yeah, if you're going to freak out when somebody criticizes Donald Trump, maybe you are acting like a cult follower. Especially, by the way, if you're one of the people who likes to rant about political correctness. Well, you can't say anything these days, Raw People freak out. They call you names. Yeah. They do. <laughs> they sure do. And that includes the people who freak out and call names when you say something about their guy. All right. When we come back from the 130 News, we'll talk about Rachel Notley and the NDP. They want to rein in how much you can give to political parties, how much political parties can spend. Uh, they don't, it seems, want to rein in how much governments can spend on advertising. And the ultimate irony they launched an ad yesterday to promote this Bill 35. And no, that doesn't count against the NDP's spending limit. So we're going to hear from Duff Conacher from Democracy Watch coming up after the 1.30 news. Uh, we'll also follow what the police chief has to say regarding the latest officer-involved shooting here in the city of Calgary and whether we should be concerned. But this is happening far more here in Calgary than in other Canadian cities. 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.